Hello, I'm Rhonda Nowak for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media, and this is The Literary Gardener for March 7th, 2019. The topic this time, spring cleaning garden chores include trimming and dressing. Oh, what pity is it that he had not so trimmed and dressed his land as we this garden. William Shakespeare, Richard II, Act Three, Scene Four. As is so often the case in Shakespeare's works, the bard uses garden-based symbolism in this scene to illustrate a point. A gardener and a servant at the Duke of York's palace appear to be discussing gardening chores, but they're actually lamenting the state of England under the rule of Richard II. Complains the servant, the whole land is full of weeds. Her fairest flowers choked up, her fruit trees all upturned, her hedges ruined, her knots disordered, and her wholesome herbs swarming with caterpillars. The gardener replies by informing the servant that the incompetent, so-called head gardener, has reaped the consequences of his ineptitude. He that hath suffered this disordered spring hath now himself met with a fall of leaf. Of course, Shakespeare understood that his audiences were well acquainted with the garden's disordered spring in the aftermath of a ravaging winter. They were also familiar with spring cleaning tasks that would set the garden right again. As the Duke of York's gardener declares, "All must be even in our government." I will go root away the noisome weeds, which, without profit, suck the soil's fertility from wholesome flowers. Far from suffering a disordered spring, I heartily enjoy getting back into the garden to tidy things up. I took advantage of the recent spring-like weather to work in the Shakespeare Garden at Hanley Farm. I thought I'd share some of my spring cleaning chores in hopes they provide inspiration for other gardeners to keep law and form and do proportion. The Shakespeare Garden includes several short-lived flowers that need to be removed and replaced every year. These include calendula, pot marigolds, dianthus. I have China pinks and sweet williams, sweet peas, and pansies, which are viola hybrids. Not only do these annuals add long-lasting color to the garden, all of the flowers are edible and make bright additions to salads. Pot marigolds are prolific self-seeders, so all I needed to do was remove the dead stalks, work a bit of compost into the soil, and wait for new growth to appear. To start new seed, direct sow now into soil that has been amended with compost. Calendulas will bloom until frost, especially if they're deadheaded throughout the season. Dianthus barbatus, our sweet Williams, are biennials. Nursery-bought plants are already in their second year, so they will bloom prettily and then die off when temperatures become hot. I found that I can sometimes encourage my sweet williams to re-bloom in the fall if I cut back the stems to ground level once the springtime flowers have faded. If the flowers are left intact, the plant will often self-seed. However, the second-generation flowers are not as vigorous, so I grow new plants each year. Annual China pinks may also rebloom when cooler temperatures return in the fall if they are sheared in midsummer. The ideal violet dianthus cultivar is a cross between China pinks and sweet williams. It's said to be highly tolerant of extreme heat and cold, so I'm planting some this year. Time will tell if this is true. I also cleared away the dead sweet pea vines and mixed compost into the soil bed six inches deep.
I use an heirloom variety of sweet peas called Old Spice Mix, which is colorful, fragrant, and heat resistant. The seeds germinate more quickly if I nick them with a knife or you can rub them lightly with sandpaper and then soak them in water overnight. I planted them an inch deep and three inches apart where they will be trained up on a trellis for support. When the plants are about 10 inches tall, I pinch off the growing tips to promote branching. I mulch my sweet peas with rice straw to keep the roots cool and I remove spent flowers. Both of these things keep the vines blooming until late summer. Some of my overwintering pansies are already blooming in the Shakespeare garden. However, even those that are called perennial pansies don't bloom as energetically the second year. So I removed many of last year's plants, added compost to the soil, and set new plants that are heat resistant. Mulching and deadheading prolongs blooming also, cutting back stems after spring flowering promotes fall blooms and keeps the plants from becoming leggy. I share other spring cleaning chores for perennials and shrubs and a spring cleaning poem on my blog, The Literary Gardener. Also, please join me at Hanley Farm for Sundays in Spring from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. on April 7th and April 14th and May 5th and May 19th. The Southern Oregon Historical Society and the Family Nurturing Center's Farm and Food Program are teaming up to offer family fun gardening activities. I'll be there to show folks around the Shakespeare Garden. As the Bard's Gardener boasts, it will be well-trimmed and dressed. And that's it for The Literary Gardener. Thanks so much for listening, and happy gardening.